quick content warning for this episode. Among other things, we discuss periods. We discuss uh, some homophobia. Uh, There are mentions of things such as slurs, um, the F word. Um, And spoilers abound uh, for both the show Paper Girls and the comic series. The show will be discussed in the first half and the comic will be discussed later on. Have a good time. Uh, Welcome to Queerly a Podcast with both your co-hosts this time. Um, I'm Jackie. I'm Liz. And we talk about um, LGBTQ plus related uh, depictions of media, topics, as well as mental health uh, depictions, just generally that kind of sphere. Um, Today we're going to be talking about the uh, Amazon Prime Um, or I guess Amazon Video, whatever you want to call it, adaptation of Paper Girls, which was originally a uh, comic series or visual novel. I I know that they released it in more of a visual novel form at some point. Um, But we will start with just talking about the series, so the adaptation series, so uh, heads up for spoilers there, and then later on we'll get into comparison with the comics, which... For reference, I've read the comics, um, and Liz has not. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, and I apologize for any background noise on my end. I now have a lot of fish um, in a very small space, so there was a lot of water going on around me. Yeah, in the intervening uh, days, weeks, however long it's been, uh, Jackie has gone full-blown, like, aquarist and has a has gotten so many fish that it's more fish than human in that room at, at this point. Oh, absolutely. It's more fish than humans in this entire building. For reference, it's, it's not a big building. It's just two floors, but um, it's two apartments. <laughs> There's more fish, fish than people. <laughs> um, but luckily, I've, I've interned at an aquarium. Um, I did that in my freshman year of college um, for, for a while in the quarantine and reserve section. So I'm, I'm all... I got, I got it down, thank God, because <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot happening. Um, but yeah, so I guess uh, we'll jump into it and apologize to anyone who actually listens to this for the long uh, interlude between this one and the previous one. We've had some issues with timing and uh, some, for me, summer classes ending, things like that. But hopefully we'll get back onto a more normal schedule, either bi-weekly or weekly. Um, and eventually, uh, Liz will actually be in the area, uh, so we'll be able to record maybe even, like, in the same room. So that would be cool. Yeah, we'll actually um, get to, like, see each other. That that might... Yeah. That might help us. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. And we can actually watch things together, so we can, like, write down notes together. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Okay, so, here we go. Into Paper Girls. What, Liz, first, I want to hear, what were your thoughts? Um... I gotta say, I, I kind of agree with the general sort of idea that, that the first episode wasn't, like, I, I enjoyed the first episode, mm-hmm. um, but it, it, yeah, I, I didn't feel really pulled in until, like, episode three, episode four, mm-hmm. um, it, but, like, overall, I enjoyed the series, um, mm-hmm. I, I think that the acting by the, the main characters, um, was really impressive for their age. Yeah. Like they're they're all like about twelve years old. 
They um, were born in like 2007. <laughs> I know. So wrong. <laughs> They're little babies. Oh god. <laughs> they were born the year before the economic crisis. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is this is correct. Oh no. Oh Jesus. <laughs> At least they don't remember it. <laughs> I guess. This is true. That's helpful. Uh, <laughs> I I so I feel like I, I came out of the series with a controversial opinion. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. And it's, it's that I, I, I'm failing to see overall what's so wrong. The old watch... I'm failing to see what's so bad about the old watch's ban on time travel. Now, I don't I don't agree with the fact that they kill people who time travel. Obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, mor- morally, that's, that's awful. But the amount of stress that time travel has put these four girls in and the people around them, I'm kind of <laughs> sitting back and I'm like, huh, maybe it's not a bad idea to not ta- time travel whatsoever. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's good. Because, like, they're right. It does create these, like, paradoxical moments and these, like, split timelines that does seem quite jumbled. And, um, which is, which is pointed out towards the end of the series. Uh, by the way, we should put up a, obviously there will be spoilers for Amazon Prime's uh, Paper Girls and also f- for eventually for the comics as well. So if that's something you're looking to get into, um, we will spoil things. Yeah, we're keeping out of the comics for right now, except I'll do like little tidbits, but they won't be really spoilers. Yeah, um, I haven't read the comics. I just, w- I went in completely like, you know, I didn't know anything about the series really other than that they were, that it was previously a comic. Um, but yeah, so so spoilers ahead at least for the Amazon Prime series. Um, but yeah, near the kind of end of this first series, first season, uh, grandfather who is kind of, I guess our big bad, um, Mm. who's played by Jason Manzoukas, which absolutely blew me away. It's, I've never seen him in a non like comedic role. It's so strange, but he's good. He's like, he's definitely good. It's just so, it's like jarring after seeing him as Derek in, um, in the good place. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Where he talks like. In fragmented sentences, including the word Derek. Mostly the word Derek, I would, I would yeah. argue. I mean, he's, he's, he's been, he has been in some more, um, more dramatic roles. In fact, actually, I'm looking at his IMDb right now. He's going to be in the Percy Jackson and the Olympians adaptation as Dionysus, which I think is absolutely... Wait, they're making another? Yeah, they're doing one that Rick Riordan... <laughs> tangents abound um rick riordan is actually like helping produce this one like he's helped with the casting um i don't know did you did you hear a little while ago um that people were kind of in a a little bit um in an uproar about who was cast as annabeth because she's not white no i i heard none of this and i'm like i've i've been in that sphere for a while like i i've read all of that um Heroes of Olympus and Percy Jackson series, but, um, oh, yeah, I haven't heard. Uh, wait, let me, let me look this up. Me, you, you keep giving your opinions on, um, paper yeah, bills, yeah. and look this up. <laughs> it's, it's on, it's gonna be on Disney+. Plus. Anyway, Jason Manzoukas oh, as, um, Grandfather is, is kind of great casting, even though I don't know what Grandfather's supposed to be as a villain, or mm-hmm. as a, sorry, I just hit my mic, uh, <laughs> or what he's supposed to be as, like, a, as a character himself, but, I do love uh, Jason Manzoukas, and I think that he can kind of... He, he does have this, like, chill, but, 
like could snap in any moment energy and i think mm-hmm. that that's like that's kind of he he's great in contrast to prior s who's like kind of the more main villain in the sense that we see her throughout the series as actively pursuing our heroes in trying and you know she's very she always you know she's got a gun she seems very like militaristic and very sort of rigid whereas he's like he's in socks and sandals and a t-shirt and he's just like you know i'm gonna level with you man like this is this is not good dude uh you shouldn't be doing this man he's still like a threatening villain too but he's also like one of those threatening villains who who doesn't use his outward appearance to like he, he, he uses those sort of violent tactics as, like, a fallback, and he f- prefers to try and talk it out first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that was cool. Um, I I do have some critiques on some of the, like, um, some of the effects sometimes. Now, you c- now, I realize now that there were some things the budget called for, I think, in the later half of the season mm-hmm. it, that maybe reduced the budget on some of the the effects yeah. early on in the season for for um, reference they cut a lot of things that would cause a lot more effects to ha- have to happen um my hope is that they have a higher budget for next s- series but like, for next season but like um when they introduced a mech battle into the <laughs> into the yeah in fact yeah. i think that's when i really got hooked is when they showed the mech that's, I mean, that makes sense, because I'm looking at the IMDb for, like, the, what people rated things as. Like, first episode, 6.8, makes sense. Like, I think that's general consensus. And then, um, A New Period was the one where the mech battle happened, um, at the beginning. And that mm-hmm. one has 8.0. Um, and I think, like, because it, it, there definitely was an increase in, um, quality after the third episode, but I think it hit that fifth episode and it started really peaking. Um, yeah. yeah. I I really liked... Um, I thought it was interesting how um, when we see... First of all, we don't... we didn't It didn't do what I expected it to do. And we meet old Aaron, so one of the main characters. Basically, the, um, the kind of audience proxy in the first episode is, is Aaron. She's the one who we kind of see first and therefore she's like our our normal or our or our zero you know like Aaron is seeing the the paper route and all of the things that she's starting on that day in in uh 1989 88 sorry 1988 uh we're seeing all of that through her eyes too I mean she obviously has context of she's not like a blank slate but you know it's her we start with Aaron um who's a Chinese American girl um on her first day of her paper route which she she which we're told is something she fought for from her overprotective mother um and it's the day after halloween which i believe this is somewhat popular at least back in the 80s was that the day after or the night after halloween or halloween night into halloween the, the november 1st morning is when like peak chaos happens Have, um, wait, it doesn't seem like a, it's really a thing anymore was that was that not a thing for you? No, that was nothing. I, I didn't grow up in like a suburb, so like. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. You're okay, more so apparently out. this is a thing that still occurs. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know about in cities. I, sh- I, I honestly assume that it happened in the cities, too. But, like, in suburbs, even, like, qui- very quiet, like, calm ones, um, that's when, like, Hall- Halloween brings out, like, the vandal in everybody. Um, so that's, like, when you go explore a random-ass abandoned building and ransack, or you go and, like, glass bottles would be everywhere that were broken overnight, or, um... You'll just find, like, random shit on your lawn. <laughs> like, that's, that's the... At least that's how, when I grew up, that was, that was what, uh, that was what happened. <laughs> Maybe yeah, not to the degree of assaulting people. Um. Well, I think teen which, delinquency was much more, like... Oh, yeah. Because of latchkey kids and everything, like, and, yeah. and there was a higher I mean, rate of, like, teen also drinking like, and shit. Also, at that point, I feel like, um, there was, like, kids will be kids type mentality. Yeah. Um, about that and like, oh, they just need to toughen up, like, type thing. Yeah, I mean, also people were just like, I think a little bit more ignorant of what their kids were doing because they couldn't track them, track them all the time, like with, with phones. That's true. So, that's true. So they they're doing their paper route. Aaron's first paper route is on Hell Day, which is this this phenomenon we just discussed. Um, and so she is kind of like, she's learning, we're, we're getting shown what the paper, what the paper girl actually does, which if you're me and didn't grow up with paper girls, like I'm sure if my parents had seen this, they would know exactly what, but basically the, uh, the like newspaper van drops off all the papers. They roll them up and stick them in their little like tote bag, whatever they got on their bikes. And then they do the route. Aaron, Aaron eventually she goes up to a uh, a house with um accidentally delivering a paper to this house who was not on her actual list and the uh the person in you know the person who lived at the house uh was uh basically thought she was stealing his paper and then um he yells some sort of xenophobic remarks some racist remarks about her being japanese i think yeah, uh, and she gets saved by another paper girl in the area, Tiffany. Um, Tiffany is the second paper girl we meet. Um, she is like super smart. She's 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 very early on shown that she's very ambitious, um, but also like kind of tied to her mom. Like her mom wakes her up in the in the morning and makes sure that she's all ready to go do her paper route, um, but. We're introduced that she's, like, a techie because she has these apparently really fancy for the time, uh, channel, like, 30 channel radios or whatever. Yeah. Basically walkie-talkies. Yeah, no, those things, like, at the, because cell phones weren't really a thing, so, like, they were, they were top-tier, like, technology and cost a shit ton of money. Now, I got two, like, of a slightly newer model for me and a friend. It cost, like, 40 bucks and then... To be like fixed up for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, so she's like she's established as someone who knows her shit when it comes to technology, um, and she is black, which is um, for the eighties, especially you know, it, it's. A, I I don't want to comment on because obviously the the comic that this is being adapted from was written in, um, I want to say that late 2000s early 2010s it, no no it was it was late 2010s it was late it finished, 2010s it finished off in 2020 i'm pretty sure okay all right 
so the um, uh, basically to go over our main cast of characters that's kind of what i'm trying to do in a very sort of stilted way we have tiffany she's african-american she's um a techie she's proven to be very smart and ambitious um we have Erin, who's chinese american she seems to do a lot for her mother who does not speak a lot of english and her mother kind of worries about her uh going off and doing things uh by herself i think that's a very common sort of immigrant mother child relationship um and it's it's very interesting to see as a main character too um and then we have mac who is like a tomboy um she smokes drinks um steals cigarettes off her stepmom takes her brother's walkman you know is very much like not bound by societal expectations of girls and also is introduced to us as the very first paper boy girl paper boy in the um in the town of stony shore where this this uh first episode actually where the entirety of the episodes take place they all take place in the same town just crossing uh uh time streams did we establish that it's about time travel if you are not familiar with this it's it's time travel (laughs) Um, if you have not watched it, you should just go watch it, because you're going to get very confused. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's about to be real confusing. We already talked about a mech. Um, uh, KJ Brandman is the the f- last kind of of the three, of the four, sorry, geez, of the four main characters. She's um, what stereotypically might be referred to as a Jewish-American princess. She's Field hockey, woo! <laughs> she's she, So she's Jewish-American, which... Uh, for Mac growing up extremely blue collar, Mac kind of does some casual anti-Semitism uh, in the first episode. Uh, going off of that's what her dad says about Jewish people. Um, KJ's also like she's fairly wealthy. She's the the wealthiest of the four, um, and that's that's why I characterized her as a Jewish American princess. However, she and she, her and pers- she is Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I feel uh, like that's an important thing. To, <laughs> her personality is at odds with what her parents want her to be, and the expectations of her, uh, you know, wearing a dress to her bat mitzvah and being like this perfect girl who like gets married and has kids. Um, those expectations are the opposite of what KJ wants. As Jackie said, KJ loves field hockey, is Ooh. very much like a jockey sort of character. Um, I, I kind of characterize each of the girls as, um, I say Aaron's the heart, Mac is the soul, and then Tiffany's the brains, and KJ's the brawn. KJ stands for kind of jockey. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're a pretty well-rounded D&D party, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. They're We've also, got- like, um, the, the roles you'd expect in um, an 80s or even 90s, like, uh, coming-of-age movie. Yeah, like an outsider's type or uh, or uh, what is it? Stand by me. I think Stand by me is a little more appropriate for the era. Yeah, I haven't watched Stand by Me, so I haven't Should either. Do that at some point. I only know it in reference to other things. <laughs> so yeah, we the the as I said earlier, the the cast, the the strength of the acting in the twelve year old cast, or however old they actually are, but. They're- I think they, when filming, they were probably, like, 14 to 15, because now they're 15 to 16. Yeah, they're so cute, though. They are. They are. Very, very baby-faced, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, there, there are people also, like, all of them, one, like, there are people you would know in, like, middle going into high school. Yeah. They're very much, they're very, they very much look like kids. They're um, ordinary, but in the best way. Yeah. They're not, like, kids that were taken that were, like, used in fucking advertisements, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they deliver pretty solid performances most of the time. I think Aaron's actor, uh, Riley Lynellet, Nellet, I don't know, mm-hmm. Riley, uh, she has a very, she's very strong, um, she delivers a very strong performance, I think. Like, very, her reading is very natural, I think, whereas sometimes, mm-hmm. Uh, some of the other actors, like, you can kind of tell, like, that was line. You know what I found interesting? What? Discussing line reading. Is it sound, sounds like sometimes an actor would flub their, their line in that they would kind of mispronounce one of the words and kind of just, mm-hmm. like, instead of saying they might, you know how you kind of sometimes will, when you're saying things, <laughs> you know how sometimes you yes. mess up, uh, but, I mean, like, when you'll say, like, You'll use a TH for a word that doesn't have a TH because the word after it starts with TH. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of, they did that in a couple areas, and I wonder if it was, like, may, if, if they decided that they, they liked it because it seemed more naturalistic or that they didn't want to reshoot the scene. I, I was curious I about think, that. I would it, hope and think the former because it, I mean, it does lend that that feeling. My only thing is, is that it does, it it limits intelligibility of the line. And so, like, you want to get... And, and these aren't lines where it's particularly emotional, too. It's just someone speaking, and it seems like they, they accidentally ran their words together a little bit. So, I don't know. That that was just one of those things that I was curious about because I hadn't, I hadn't really ever seen it, uh, seen any other shows kind of do that. Like, in my mind, I would have seen that and been like, okay, we need to reshoot that line. Maybe, maybe do it a little clearer next time, and, and we can... Decide in the final edit. Decide in the final edit. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, but if I had said "erit" and they had kept that in, right? Um, that would that would seem weird, right? Even though it's normal people. I guess, but I mean, you're also you're speaking specifically to be intelligible to an audience, rather than, um, like, just if you were on the phone with Steph, like. I mean, Steph would point it out, because that's... Oh, she'd make her, fun of it until Kingdom but, Come, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, but, but like, um, that's the type of thing you'd do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about... Can we talk about the uh, tampon scene? Because I loved that. Yeah, so yeah. Much. Actually, I really liked it, too. I think, um, especially with the, what, with the wave... I say wave. It's been a handful of things. Showing, um, depicting, like girls getting their period or whatever like turning red obviously great you know great example of that um that was such a funny and like wholesome scene and it's also uh so that's more of like the naturalistic um Mm -hmm. element of the story too so erin gets her period in the middle of preparing to time travel back to hopefully the right location uh her older self fighting in a time war 
um, and her older self having a um, having a spat with her um, younger sister, her older younger sister. Her younger sister is younger than her, but but older than she was in 1988. Um, she gets her period. <laughs> Twelve-year-old Aaron does, and she kind of doesn't say anything to any of the adults around. Uh, probably out of embarrassment, but also because she kind of recognizes, like, hey, now is not the time to talk about my period when we're trying not to die by this, like, seemingly unending time feud and also get back to where we need to be. And Um, she's also the oldest sibling in her family, meaning no other... Like, parent... Like, if you're the oldest, you're the first one to have to deal with any of that. Uh, she has no fucking clue what to do. She doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> she goes and grabs... Uh, my f- my favorite little detail is during when older Erin and her older younger sister, um, like, first uh, meet up, she's going and grabbing paper towels from the kitchen. Because I, I feel like that's something that, like, is super, super relatable. I remember, like, grabbing... Just grabbing a shit ton of, like, paper towels or, or toilet paper at, like, the very beginning and... And you're like, okay, I guess this is this is what you do. Yeah, it, it's very much that like like I, <laughs> not to get too deep, but when I first I was like eleven when I had my period and I like <laughs> fully freaked out. Like I literally screamed like, "Oh my god!" in the in the restroom. I was at school <laughs> though, so like. Oh no. There. Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh man, what do I do?" Like like, I was like trying to wrap my underwear in paper t- in not paper towels in uh toilet paper i was like i was like i don't have a t- i don't have a pad like i wasn't su- i wasn't prepared for this and i was also because i was 11 a lot of people don't get their periods until they're like 12 or 13 uh mm-hmm. like i was kind of young and so i was the f- maybe the first one in my grade to have their period maybe the second i don't know so no one had any <laughs> and i didn't have any quarters for the old ass machine so i had to go to the nurse's office and she gives you a pad that's like the size of a diaper <laughs> I needed uh, those ones though because I basically during like basically until I went on birth control which no long I no longer have to take because my body's like fucking figured out how to function normally mm. um <laughs> but I I'd have it so I'd TMI I guess for whoever's listening but you know what if if you're someone who's had a period you get it um I would have, I had such heavy flow that, A, I would have um, cramps for probably 12-ish hours a day for four out of, like, the six days I'd have a period every month, Hmm. Um, and I'd, like, be doubled over at my desk in, like, sixth grade um, and, like, sweaty and pale. Me too! I would need, at all times, I would need three to four pads on. Um, and changing out at least three times while I was at school. And I was always checking in case there were, I leaked, because I, I went to a school with a dress code, so we all had to wear either skirts or polos, and I chose, or not polos, um, khakis, and I chose khakis. Um, and so that yeah, stuff did. doesn't, doesn't, uh, come out easily very noticeable. Um, thank God the nurse had extra pairs of pants, oh, and you could, like, leave khaki. different, you could leave extra pairs of pants with her, mm-hmm. um. But yeah, it 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 was a a bit of a nightmare for a while. Um, but now I don't even need to use it because my 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 
body's like, okay, we need blood. <laughs> yeah, we I need used blood to, to also <laughs> suffer from that condition. It's it's something like menorrhagia. I don't I don't I'm, I should know what it is, but I don't. Yeah, menorrhagia. Um, and it's basically just that's just a sci- scientific like name for the disorder of when you have like heavy or prolonged bleeding due to your period. And it can cause, like, signs of, like, as if you're bleeding out, like, faint, being faint, sweating, like, feeling sick. Like, it's bad, man. So I remember there was a time when I was sitting in math class that I almost fainted. Uh, and I was like, I need to be sent home. And my, my the the nurse was like, well, if you just take a 15-minute nap, maybe you'll feel better. I, like, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to throw up or die. I don't know what's happening. Uh, yeah. So anyway, being like a twelve-year-old girl and going through your period is something that does need to be shown a lot more because a, it's a, it's a different experience for everybody, and b, like people need to know even to just do. the very basics of what's gonna go on. And so like Erin yeah. in the show, she they get, so they time travel. Spoiler alert: they don't go where they want to go. They go they end up in nineteen ninety nine instead of nineteen eighty eight, and. So Erin recognizes that she can't just be free bleeding all over the place uh, and asks Mac to shoplift some, like, something for her. Yeah. Mac says that the pads look like diapers, so she shoplifts uh, some tampons. Now, these are 1990s tampons, um, and if you don't know what that means, it means that their applicators are just a cardboard tube. Um, Yep. (laughs) And yep, because when you have a liquid, you want cardboard. I exactly like. So the reason I know that these are hell is because my mom, like, we there was a day when we ran out of tampons, or like, when I was a kid. So from like, since I started my period till I was like eighteen, I did not wear wear tampons, um, because uh, I was terrified of toxic toxic shock syndrome, which. Uh, I realize it's incredibly rare, but that's another thing, too, that that they read about in the, like, little... You know how, like, tampons, unlike pads, come with this entire instruction manual? Yep. So, they read about toxic shock syndrome and how you can, like... Uh, and Tiffany's, like, my, my mom's friend had that and she lost a leg. Like, complete, like, you know, overactive imagination of a young girl combined with, like, doing something terrifying for the first time. Um, and so, like, I was, I was going to practice putting on a tampon when I was, like, what is it, 16, maybe? And so I was looking, and I thought, like, my mom had some, and she did, but they clearly were purchased in, like, the 90s, um, because my mom is now, like, old enough to not have to be on her period. Um, and holy hell, those things are so hard to use, because it's also, <laughs> like, car- it's cardboard cardboard. Like, it's a thick cardboard mm-hmm. tube, so it doesn't get bent or anything like that. But that also means, like, you c- can't put that up there. It doesn't yeah. go up there, you know? Yeah, I-, I still don't even, I still don't use tampons, because, um, like, they-, they just are way too uncomfortable for me. Um, they're uncomfortable for me too. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'll I, wear them like one, one day out of my period. Yeah. I just, I just do pads. I tried with Dixie cup once and that just did not work. Uh, and that was, 
I'm afraid of you like know, spilling a menstrual we tried. cup. What? I'm af- I don't use menstrual cups, even though Dude, I understand. Men- God, get it. For me, it was trying to get it in there. That was the issue. I did everything it said multiple times, and it. I just. I didn't understand what I was doing wrong. Here's the thing: you you have to bend it, and then it has to open up when it's in. Yeah, you have to like, you can't like squish it down too much, otherwise it won't. Yeah, but you can't open. not squish it down because it has to get in. Yeah. It <laughs> so has to be like big a... enough to be able to catch things without it going past, and it has. You have to make it small enough so that it can actually get in there. Yeah, it's like a lobster just... trap. Yeah, it's like, this is this is too complicated. I don't want to have to spend, like, 20 minutes standing in my shower. Like Yeah, it, and that's the thing, too. It's like, how are you supposed to, like, you're at the office or whatever, and you need to, A, dump out your menstrual cup, which is awful. Like, no, thank you. I'm, like, I'm afraid of spilling it, trying to get it out or whatever. Yeah, and then you, you dump it and then have to reinsert it. It's yeah. Like, oh. Oh. See, this is the thing people don't have periods won't understand is just the the absolute agony it is trying to deal with anything while you're bleeding out of your vagina (laughs) and like if you have even the tiniest leak the amount of embarrassment that you feel yeah and it's like it's a it's not your fault that you're bleeding out of your body and b um you know first of all pads tampons menstrual cups all expensive Mm. and not really foolproof we can't you if you're on a train like, one of those ones without a bathroom, if you're on Metro North, what the fuck are you supposed to do if you start leaking? Like, you can't... Like, if you're on your you period, just... don't go on Metro North. <laughs> <laughs> don't go on Metro North unless you've fully prepared. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, ugh, God. Yeah, uh, man, man. Um, okay. Uh, also, I just want to say I like the panic that they all have of, like... Like, how do you get it out? <laughs> yes, they- <laughs> that kind of thing. I love that. I love that. They didn't um, the string. Oh, it was so yeah. cute. It was a cute scene. Um, okay, another random thing that I wanted to say was, um, Liz, have you watched um, Adventure High? No, I don't know what that is. Uh, Dimen- it's a Dimension Twenty. Um, oh. one of their games. Yeah, I haven't started Dimension one- Twenty yet. There's one character in Adventure High. It's Allie Beardsley char- character who <gasps> is Allie named so Kristen Applebee's. <laughs> um, and she, I'm referring to Kristen because Kristen goes by she, Allie goes by they, them. Um, uh, Kristen Applebee's is part of a religion with a corn god. He's literally made of corn. And so when I saw the title, it was never about the corn. All I could think about was Kristen Applebee's trying to spread the religion of her corn god. Huh. And it's like a hippie corn. <laughs> That's it. I, mean, I do That's love the that. Entire, that's the entire thing. The titles of the episodes are pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I love the we- Weird Al is dead. I like what I was confused at first like what it was going for <laughs> and then I then I heard it uh, like when they talk about it in that episode, like okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, no, I I also doing sorry. Uh, I'm not bored. I just uh, I'm just a sleepy no person. Um, no, yeah. When I saw the title 
of I think it's like episode two or three, Weird Al's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, is this in the future? Like Weird Al will be dead for some reason. Like, is this like an alternate universe twenty nineteen situation? Um, no, it's not. <laughs> it's a cat. But- it's or a, a hamster. It's a hamster, hamster, actually. Yeah, hamster named Weird Al. I knew a cat named Weird Larry. No, I really like that name. Weird Larry? That's a good name. Yeah. Good name he was a funny him. dude. Cats are weird. Yeah. I'm pretty here first, folks. Um. Oh, one thing, another thing in my notes Um. is, uh, well, okay, this one's shorter and then I have a different one. Um. First, the music choices I really like and the like mm. different decades that they choose from. Um, but, uh, then I want to say that this is, this is, like, barely a spoiler for the comics, um, but, so the, the old timers, so that's what the, the watches, the, those types of people are called, um, get it, old, oh, old timers, teenagers, uh, um, (laughs) the, the old timers and the teenagers, really, we're supposed to do this, but, um, they, in the comics, did this future speak. Um, like, they had translators that they could use to speak normally. But they had this future speak that was like a, a like, sh- well, slang how can Nal- mixed Naldo with, like, internet that. shortening. Um, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he does, but not, I don't mean like that. Because um, it, it was intelligible for oh, us. Oh, you mean, you mean, um... You mean how at the Old Watch, so this is in, like, the last episode... In the old watch, the the guards who are not the prioress, when she comes and she when they come in, as she's trying to send them away in the capsule, the way they spoke that sort of like, yeah, almost Shakespearean esque. Except it's except it's slightly different. Um, I'm trying to find a good example here, if I can find one that is. Um, but it's it's different. So. I think here they're. Ooh, I just hold on. Wire. Yeah. Um. Uh. But, basically, I'm trying to find a good example. But basically, like it's like leet speak mixed with, like, kind of Shakespearean inspiration. That's the thing. It's different. It's different. It's, and I'm happy they didn't do it. <laughs> um, because like as charming as it is, I if I had to hear it actually spoken, I think I would have a brain hemorrhage. Um. Does doesn't um doesn't like cyberpunk or one of the one of the uh, one of the cyberpunk esque books uh that there's like a there's like a book there's like a sci fi book that does that that has like this really like weird um there are a bunch of like slang or whatever um I know cyberpunk has um like slang but not just like a full way of speaking that's like that Mm. um. I don't know what I'm thinking of then. Um, well, I mean, like, there's there are so many sci-fi books that have, like, slightly altered modern English being used as, like, whatever race or future uh, race is going to speak. There's also that, uh, there's this old science fiction short story that's, like, I think it's got something like Babylon in the name. Hmm. Um, that has, like... It's written in the sense that it's written in English, but the English is like not standardized English, so it's just based on phonetics, and oh. so it's hard to read when you first start. But the more you read it, the easier it becomes. God, I hate when people do that 
online. Uh, it's just like, man, I just want to be able to read what you're saying without having to say it out loud. Um, oh, oh wait, I'm finding an example of what I'm talking about. Hold on, hold on. Um, it shows up in this issue, right? Shit, is it the next issue? Um, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll find that, but, um, uh, I, another detail I liked is in the, I think it's second episode, so Weird, Weird Al is dead, when they go to the, um, the IT store, and they see on the TV, um, like a video game playing, and it says, press start, oh, yeah. um, and KJ go, like, looks at it, and I think Aaron, no, Tiff is next to her, and she goes to touch the screen and like pokes it like like poking a uh, frog or something. <laughs> it's really funny. And you just see like the TV like move a tiny bit. <laughs> it's very funny. That that interesting. Okay, actually, now that you said said that, that that brings me to the, my like one of the things I was thinking about when I finished or like as I was watching the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's very interesting as a 20 year old or as a, I'm 22, but as a, as you know, as in a young adult to see this series kind of reflect on like childhood, like your childhood expectations of adulthood and how those differ and how upsetting it can be sort of knowing like, like Aaron, for example, has this, um, has this dream of becoming the president. Uh, so much so that she actually literally dreams of, like, debating in, in, like, one of those anxiety dreams. She debate She's, like, on the debate stage as a 12-year-old debating Reagan, which, who doesn't look like Reagan, by the way, but <laughs> whatever. Um, and I just think it's, it's so interesting, like, coming as a, from a young adult perspective to, to see how those, like, Obviously, you never turn out how you expect you will. Mm-hmm. And we see through, for every character, for every of the main girls, their expectations of their lives differ of of what they want. And, I mean, for Tiff and Aaron, they're, they're mostly disappointed in the way their lives have turned out. Um, Mac is definitely just... Mac is just frustrated, actually. Because she is the one who is most faced with the eternal, the, with the, uh, what's, not eternal, sorry, with the... Internal? Internal struggle and also the, um, yeah, I guess this idea that she, Mac is a character based so much of her confidence off of this idea of hope for the future, basically. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's really deprived of a future in her, you know... And what we learn about her, we learn that she dies of a of a young age, uh, of a of a rare sort of brain cancer, um, some kind of leukemia, that she she was so hopeful about moving out of her small town, doing something that she loves, being away from the people who abused her, or from the people who you know who wronged her, and being able to be who she was and who wa- who she wanted to be. That, you know the most upsetting thing for her is that she doesn't even get that future where all of her friends, good or bad, the other girls, they get that future. KJ's future is actually a good one. Yeah. Um, 
and she, is at least as far as we see in her 20s. She's like the opposite um, of um of Mac and like she doesn't really have hope for the future in the past. Like mm. she thinks she's kind of fucked and stuck in that in like being unhappy following like her parents stuff and then she sees in the future she uh is going to film school she is doing her own thing she's discovered herself and you know she's gay (laughs) um it's definitely a weird way to learn that you're gay it uh, is well it's honestly i like i kind of like it better than how they did in the comics which i'll touch later um the way they did in the comics is fine um but i just like that how they did it here better also because it's during that scene mambo number five oh my fucking god i got so many flashbacks because my my siblings are from the 90s uh mm-hmm. so we had uh uh cds with songs and mixtapes including mambo number five because that was everywhere during the 90s and early 2000s so i know like every word to it and as soon as it came on i immediately was like st- Start singing the lyrics. Well, that that scene too has some real real nineties bangers, real real tropical yeah. bangers. The, it starts the dog, with Kokomo. The, them putting the lay on the dog. Oh my god, that dog is adorable. I love it. Yes. So much. Oh, they have this cute little chocolate lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cute. I mean, very minor part of the show, but yeah. love dogs. Big fan. Um, yeah, you're you're right. KJ and Mac are kind of like. Um, they're kind of like, I guess, character foils, if I'm using that right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, like, KJ is well off, but she doesn't like the way she lives. Mac is content being working class, but, un- like, Mac's, Mac's viewpoints are, are generally informed by her father. And KJ is, like, she's the op- she she wants to be the opposite of her parents and- is not really informed by what they want for her. And, yeah, like, it, it is, like, tragic to see that Mac, who is so full of hope as a, as a 12-year-old, doesn't get to even see that future. Um, where KJ, who is so full of dread as a 12-year-old, <laughs> does get to kind of be, live in a, live a version of her life where she wants to be, to be who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Aaron and, um, Tiff both have these kind of great expectations of who they are when they're adults that don't come to really pass. And they're frustrated with their adult selves. Even though Tiffany's adult self is awesome. Well, I like, think that... She's Tif- so cool. Tiffany's adult self. I feel like Tiff's whole um, storyline there is actually... Like, it's a really important thing for, uh, like, young uh, teenagers, and just, I guess, teenagers in general, but especially young teenagers, to like learn is that at when you're when you're like a kid and a teen your a lot of your views are informed by your parents and those around you and even um can mask themselves as your own desires and wants and everything um and that can change like with tiff she she is um like equating her ability to be smart or ability to uh be the best and everything to her own happiness so her own her value her self-value 
she is equating to her own happiness rather than, you know, things that actually make her happy, which you see in future Tiff, who is mm-hmm. lighting uh, operator for like a dance club and things like that. And she's making, she's doing like a startup. Uh, she dropped out of MIT, but she's doing her own thing and she's happier doing so. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, that's like an important thing to learn as a young teen. I mean, like, cause I, like, as a teen, I put a lot of pressure on myself because of my surroundings. So, like, and now, as a not-teenager, because <laughs> they're fucking old, um, <laughs> a lot happier. So, I don't know. It just, like, I like that we're starting, I like that the show gives a lot of um, information and lessons that, like, if you are in that age range, um, can be really helpful for you to find a more fulfilling view of life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so college, when you're, when you're somebody who's meant to think about college, which I think for a lot of people growing up, even now we're told that college is like the best way to go and the, the kind of something that you have to start preparing for again as early as 12 yeah um yeah and all of those all of those expectations are totally set upon by your parents most of the time yeah even if you don't like your parents and you don't think you think like them because they are your environment like that you're most kind of exposed to for most of your life and those expectations are kind of settled upon you pretty Mm -hmm. early on yeah, as as you said, like Tiffany like absorbed her mother's expectations. Even if she thought that that's what she wanted for herself, she didn't have any other way to determine what she wanted for herself because yeah. she was just listening to her mother, who seemed like she didn't seem like a bad mother. No, she um, just she yeah. just has high expectations. Um and like you talking about the the whole thing about college since you're 12, like um I I find that I really relate to, I mean, I relate to all the girls, but, like, to Tiff and uh, KJ a lot, because I I was one of those people who went to a school where, starting at 12, you start thinking about college immediately. Um, we had mandatory after-school activities, uh, three of them a year uh, for each season, um, until... And you can get you can get a season off, but only if you're doing a different extracurricular. Um, Which I assume so, had to be like approved by the school. If it exactly, yeah, you had school. to fill out paperwork. Your parents had to like show that you're actually doing something, um, stuff like that. And then, uh, yeah, building up going to college all the time. Um, it's all for your resume. Yeah, it's, it's it's not really focused on enrichment. It doesn't matter if you actually are enjoying the things that you're doing in your after school or or during school activities just like hey it looks good on your like that's why i was in the honor society not because i enjoyed Mm. being in the honor society or i thought that what they were doing was important i don't think it was i Um, luckily i luckily found my my niches i did uh field hockey i did squash i did technical theater um i did paddle tennis at one point uh Um, paddle tennis? Pa- yeah, paddle tennis. It's a very like pickleball, my man. It's a it's a very East Coast um, sport. It, you play during winter because you get oh. so warm when you play it that you take you end up taking off your coat uh, even when there's snow on the ground. Um, oh. Yeah, but um, I luckily 
did find my niches, but, uh, yeah, no, all the clubs were basically that. They filled that, uh, not really interested into it, but doing it for the, for the resume. Um, and, yeah, um, so I, like, I think, yeah, I wrote this whole thing in my notes about, um, relating to, I mean, TIFF is... Tiff, I don't want to get into it as much, just because that's a that's a long, unrelated tangent to what we're really uh, discussing. Um, but with where did I write it? Hold on. Also, oh wait, wait. Before I get into that, I did find um, <laughs> I did find an example of the the future speak I was talking about. So, mm-hmm. um, so in this scene, uh, there's like a cop basically. So he says "you for," like addressing four people, but it's the letter U, followed by the number four with no space in between. And then oh. you have him saying, you, exclamation point, drop weapon. And then last warn. Uh, All right, King. Jeez. Yeah, and at one point he's a scruddy, freck, scruddy feckless. <laughs> and it's like cut off. Um... <laughs> So, I mean, I know what feckless means, but scruddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so, right. um, I'm happy they haven't done that at least yet. <laughs> I don't think they will, because, w- yeah, it's like, it's very charming when you see it, like, um, written, but if you say it out loud, it just, uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, uh, back to, but back to what I was saying. Oh, here we go, here we go. Um, oh, I guess I wrote down that I, like, Dur- yeah, during when I was watching and like rewatching, um, realized I relate a lot to like '80s lesbians, mm-hmm. um, because like of not at the beginning not really understanding feelings because like it wasn't very much talked about, um, like not knowing where your place is in terms of that, um, and then also not feeling right admitting to your sexuality due to judgment, like I so. I had a weird, I had a weird ass fucking journey of whatever I label myself as. So mm-hmm. first I said I was straight, then I said I was pan, then I said I was bi, and then I finally said I was lesbian. I was slowly whittling down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, cause I I went to a small school. There were like two gay, two, well no, cause there were like two gay people and like maybe two, three bi people, but they. Bi people didn't really talk about it, and gay people, like, you knew that they were gay, but they never talked about it either. Um, mm. that kind of thing. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I like, I do like that they were able to have KJ, like, talk with, um, Lauren, who's the woman mm-hmm. who's dating KJ in the future. Um, and, like, her, I love that scene where she's t- asking how she knew that, and it's implied into girls, but it's under it very much implied. Um, but it's under the guise of movies, and Lauren yeah. rolls with that because she sees that it's KJ's more comfortable talking about that. She's the one who actually offers the word movies rather than girls. Um, and I re- yeah, I really like that the way they explain it too of nothing feeling quite right until you meet this person or see this movie in her words and everything just feels right um yeah i just i really like that i like the that they gave that opportunity to like verbalize it 
Um, I know that a lot of people had issues with Stranger Things Season 4. Spoilers um, when it comes to Will and them not explicitly saying that he was gay. Um, which I, I've already discussed in the Stranger Things episode. Um, but this is I like this way of doing it a little better, I must say. Yeah, I think it's funny you mentioned that too about explicit discussions of of like gayness and coming out where it's like there's obviously quite a range and like um it actually it helps that a a recent episode of what we do in the shadows just came out where a main character comes out to his his family and his like one of the vampires in his like vampire family Mm -hmm. um like explicitly admits that he's gay um and i think I'm always going to want more, like, ex- expressly explicit sort of comings out. Not because I think that they are necessarily um, needed in a, in a dramatic sense, but more like some people really just don't get it until you hit, hit them over the head with it. That being said, I think the way they did it in Paper Girls was very, very clear and obvious. Like, you're you're basically kind of, at least to me, you're from the moment that KJ sees her bat mitzvah, bat mitzvah dress and is, like, dreading wearing it, that's when I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I understand. Uh, I understand what KJ is about. <laughs> and as it kind of... Like, I think they, they did a very good job playing it in a way that's, like, she doesn't know yet, but you can still kind of tell. Yeah, and, all the interactions also, with Mac that, like, they're small, but they... You can yeah. you see how it builds and how it, it develops. Yeah, you could tell she has a crush on Mac. Like that's pretty. Yeah, that's it's pretty clear. You don't have to be gay to see that, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I have actually a question for you, and then I think we can yeah. kind of dive into the, dive a little in the bit more about the comics. All right. Not to belabor this because we are reaching, uh, we are approaching the hour mark. Um, Damn. But my question is very, very specifically about Tiffany's reaction to being told that she was adopted, mm-hmm. um, eighteen years, you know, like when she was in in college and we both come from very interesting (laughs) um like for one you knew you were adopted it's pretty clear yeah for me it's like (laughs) i'm not adopted but my birth situation the the details surrounding my birth situation is is also like super wacky and so i was wondering like how did you react to older tiffs and younger tiffs sort of reactions to that like like do you does it make sense do you think it's like do you think it makes sense that that would have driven Tiff to drop out of MIT? Do you think there were other so, extenu- extenuating circumstances, or does that make sense? So for dropping out, I think there were other circumstances. I think part of it that's implied is, um, like, racism. That's um, what I wanted to be addressed. Yeah, that was my first yeah. thought, too. And I think they're going to – I think they they will mention it more. Um, I think that uh, they're just – they had to cover so much ground that they couldn't really do that. Um, but, um, with the whole adoption thing, um, I, so it's hard, it's kind of hard because I, I, for reference, am, um, from, I was adopted from Southern Vietnam and the rest of my family is of, um, of Scottish, Irish, French, Swiss, all, like, a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of Mediterranean uh, German, Austrian, like, descent, so very much white, so it's, it was, I mean, I've always known, it's, it's pretty obvious, um, my parents, like, (laughs) kept a photo album of, of them getting me, things like that, so it was always talked about, 
Um, but in this case, Tiff is African-American, and so is her adoptive family. Um, and I think that... I do think that the way she young Tiff reacted is very... Um, it, it makes a lot of sense, and it's very much something you would see with somebody who wasn't told. Um, I mean, like, even in, like, my discussions with my parents about, um, about aspects of my adoption, the, the circumstances surrounding, things like that, um, mm. I have had similar emotions. Um, and so I think, I think we're gonna, I think Tiff, young Tiff is going to, um, going to think about that more in the next season and Amazon better fucking renew it for a new the next season. Oh, I believe I, they they're yeah. They they've already They're like unofficially, it, but they haven't like haven't actually like given the the little prompt saying. Um but I think oh. they've basically done it. Um Okay. Uh I guess we'll go into uh we'll go into comics now. Um Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. Okay. So, spoilers for comics, if anyone hasn't read them and wants to read them, um, I'd say stop here. Um, and let's get into that. So, first thing that I've written down about this is the toned-down homophobic language. So, in um, in the comics, Mac says a lot more homophobic things, including the word faggot, um, multiple times. And it's very par for the course for the 80s, um, which I think helps to get rid of that like rose tinted lens of the 80s that you see in a lot of media although at this point a lot of 80s related media is nostalgia just for the media itself but then again like there were also homophobic uh homophobic um coding uh, uh interpretations text things like that in those but i i understand why they toned it down for the series I think, first of all, um, I don't know how comfortable an actor, especially a young actor, would feel saying all of these things, um, as well as using what is a slur. Um, so that's totally understandable, as well as um, just it needing to fit within like certain parameters for the audience they're going for. But I do think that it, I think it's good um, in the comic that they in include this because it does remind people that the stuff did exist and still does exist and to stay vigilant. Um, but I don't really subtract any points from the the show for this. Um, I think they do they do address it when um, when Mac and KJ are where uh, Mac's trailer used to be. Um, uh, the first time that they time travel, and uh, they kind of talk about um, uh, anti-Semitism as well as uh, Mac uh, reverberating, not rever not reverberating, um, uh, re uh, what repeating? am I trying to say? Repeating, that's the word. Uh, repeating some um, uh, racist and um, homophobic or not homo yeah, racist and anti-Semitic uh, dialogue, as well as when uh, Mac is visiting her brother and she says something that's homophobic and he points out that's not okay, like, you should say that. And KJ earlier has also pointed that out, um, which 
I think I think that's a good way to address it so far. I think like I think they did a good job there. I think um, too um mm-hmm. that if 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 they're doing what I think they're doing, which is I think they're approaching like a Mac and KJ romance. Quicker. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers um yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean it's it's pretty obvious. Yeah. I, I think part of the reason they don't want to show Mac as explicitly homophobic as she was in the comics was it it is more narratively it is easier to accept in a narrative that a person you know even though even though there have been homophobic like that internalized homophobia mm-hmm. it's it's easier to, to kind of watch two two people get in a relationship um who are not like one who is not like yeah. immediately going from homophobe to like suddenly in a gay relationship it's also because the amount of time they have, because, like, the, this, this, uh, these episodes, I'm pretty sure it, it's up to issue, like, a 10 or 11, um, but there yeah, was a lot more- Yeah, they're clearly condensing stuff. Yeah, there was a lot more time for the transition for Mac in the comics, going from, uh, homophobic rhetoric to, like, ta- like, dampening down on that and, like, becoming ki- less callous and a little more, like, okay, like- like, I'll do it, like, yeah, I'll listen to KJ type thing. Um, um, yeah, and I, th- I think it also, like, it's, Mac is still serving the kind of, the, Mac is still uh, acting as the the representation of a blue-collar, um, sort of more conservative upbringing mm-hmm. without having to be, like, to rush the whole character development if they're if they are will- trying to pursue a KJ and Mac relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, Mac sure. still is still has the cultural insensitivities and bigotry that was that she learned from her dad but doesn't have to be like a violent homophobe b- before yeah. eventually like yeah, like I I think I think that that's like totally permissible yeah. to to cut out even though it is I- important in the comics. I also like how they did um, with Mac, like, interpreting her callousness, but also her moments of vulnerability. Um, the bit where she has to leave her brother and she's on the back of a motorcycle. Um, really well acted by, I, I forget her last name, but I know her first name's Sophia. Um, <laughs> uh, Sophia Rosinski. Yes, Sophia Rosinski. Um, she did a great job there of showing, like, that, yeah, this is somebody who has kind of grown up and had to develop a very, very thick skin, um, and channeled it into kind of being an asshole, (laughs) um, but also is somebody who has very deep emotions they're dealing with, um, so, I mean, I just really like how they, they played it as well as wrote that, um, and then, oh, yeah, so this one, this one surprised me when I watched the show, um, and I, like, because I had read the comic in 2020 when it was finished, um, and then I reread it, uh, well, I, I, I skimmed it, really, recently, mm-hmm. um, just to refresh myself, and KJ's a lot more timid in the show, um, I, I mean, I, I think that they're gonna lead up to her being more, like, assertive later on, um, with, like, because they showed her being more angry, like, throughout the season as things devolved into more shit. 
and then punching Mac, um, although that might have been more her just understanding, uh, trying to understand her, her conflicting, like, complex emotions toward her own sexuality. Um, but, like, in the comics, for example, um, yeah, she, she killed that, she killed that one, or, yeah, she, in the comics, she hit a guy with the field hockey stick. I don't think she killed him with the field hockey stick. Um, but she initiates the chase after the teenagers when, um, when the walkie gets snagged, uh, she mm. uses the gun, um, she uses it, uh, uh, as, like, a, uh, it wasn't loaded, but as, like, a way to defend everybody, um, when they think that one the old-timers is gonna attack them. Um, she saves Tiff from this green-eye, green multi-eyed monster in the sewers with her field hockey stick. Um, uh, and she, she does, she does, uh, beat up some people with it. Um, there's some, there's some great fan art by KJ's actor, uh, uh, Fina Straza, um, of that scene, as well as other scenes, but, um, yeah, that surprised me, because she, she's a lot more assertive and, like, she's, she takes a lot more, um, a lot more action when it comes to conflict in the in the comics, but I, I think, I think in part, um, I think the reason why they're doing this is this whole show, when compared to the comics, is a lot more, um, it's a lot more uh, character like uh, interpersonal relationship focused rather than more uh, plot focused. I feel like, not not in a bad way. I mean, um, what I'm trying to say is with the comics, there's a lot more of, they have to explain a lot more and they're more into the uh, the sci-fi uh, end of the story and having to deal with this war and deal with all of, like the time traveling shenanigans, things like that. Yes, mm -hmm. the show also touched on that, but there's, um, like it shares equal, if not a little less screen time than the personal issues going that the characters are going through which i i gravitate more to those types of stories um i still do enjoy the comic but uh i think it it, it also translates better to screen the way they're doing it yeah. um yeah um oh oh i forgot about this uh i wrote i took a screenshot of this um because again this was written this was written i think from like 2016 until 2020 um, and so, uh, where's my screenshot? Hold on. There it is. So, in one of the issues, um, I don't see which issue it is. They, they've gone to the future, um, at some point. But on a, uh, on a lawn, there's one of those, like, vote for blank, uh, uh, little, like, yard, yard decorations. Yeah, yard yeah. signs. And so, there's, it's Tiff and Mac. And it says Hillary for president. And there's this exchange. Uh, we got a girl president. Mac, look, we got a girl president. No, some lady's running. Doesn't mean she's gonna win. How do you know? Maybe America's already had four women in charge by now. As if. <laughs> um, no. And so, uh, uh, yeah, because it's 2016 and the world is still here. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, rip our hope for that uh <laughs> oh, man. i just found that really funny in hindsight um and sad but you know kind of funny too i mean uh, <laughs> they they wouldn't even know who hillary clinton is 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 the thing too i mean they might 
they might know who she is if she was ever made headlines as a senator but that was um well, that's before bill i believe that was that was before even bill clinton that was that was like okay. bush and then clinton so they were and then i'm sending so, 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 you the screenshot okay there you go but yeah they wouldn't have they wouldn't even know who hillary clinton was yeah. oh yep yep yeah <laughs> yeah and one of the issues like yeah. there's a they go to uh they go to after the election and there's a, a guy dressed up like as a caricature of trump like oh. for a costume great yeah that's when you know that's when you know you hit a certain time in real life <laughs> um but all right so there's that um what else what else what else here we are um so okay one actual one actually really big thing that they did in the comics compared to the show they actually split everyone up um when they first traveled to the future they weren't all together (laughs) i kind of i I was i was interested in they split kj uh off like she she just she's like (laughs) she's in a place of the field i think the the timing is like like how time is perceived is like weird on her end but she's Mm -hmm. somewhere else the other three um are together uh well they're okay they're not so they're in the same plane of existence (laughs) Um, they're all in the same stream yeah they're all in the same the same stream and like area but Mm -hmm. young aaron finds older aaron and then mac and tiff are off fighting some like weird creatures that come through and then we're introduced to the whole clone plot um so aaron aaron has some clones um there more clone stuff comes in later but right now aaron has a clone we don't know if she's evil or not um and it gets a little wacky there's a fight of giant tardigrades in the bay um damn so there's that tardigrade fight they they had budget for the dinosaur but they didn't have budget for the tardigrade fight (laughs) well the dinos the dinos like show up earlier they're more they're like very much associated with the the old timers Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, and specifically the pterodons. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if they're gonna do the, the alternate universe Aaron clone stuff, um, cause, so what happens in the comics is, um, older, older Aaron, also older Aaron's a writer, not a lawyer in, in the comic. Yeah, I read that um, she was a, the writer for the Cleveland Preserver or whatever, or the whatever yeah, newspaper it is. for something. They... Um, but they, uh, they end up going, I'm trying to remember why exactly they go there. I think they, they go to this, like, abandoned mall, uh, or warehouse on a wharf. I'm trying to remember why they go there, but they go there, those two. Um, they have, like, a heart-to-heart, basically. And then they find, and this is, like, something that appears throughout the comic, I don't, I don't think they're going to end up doing this in the um, in the show just because it, it would mess with what they set up. But they find KJ's ho- uh, field hockey stick, which has been missing. It, like, imagine in, like, Skyrim when you see an item, like, clipping through a wall or the floor and you only see, like, half of it. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, but in real life, and it's just floating in the middle of, um, l- like, the air. Oh, weird. They see, like, part of the hockey stick just existing there. Um, and they pull it out. And etched on it is "Don't trust the other Aaron," <laughs> and uh, find the fourth uh, fold. So like, 
There's a lot, a lot more clone stuff um, there. Is there a reason then, they're like, called foldings in the show? Are they called folds in the comics? It's foldings. Yeah, they're called um, the they're called folds, but they talk about it like the verb um, is folding. Like yeah, it's like the it's folding like blah 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 type thing. Um, yeah. But then Mac and Tiff meet up with them, and then. Uh, Aaron gets shot in the sh- older Aaron gets shot, shot in the shoulder but doesn't die. Uh, she and Missy are in good terms in the comics, um, and Missy like flies them to the the fourth folding. Then all three of the girls go through the folding, and then they just find KJ in on an island. Um, yeah, so there's that. There's a lot of changes. Um, I from what I can tell, they're not going to do this whole island plot at least as an island which i am grateful for because as much as i really do like the comics there is um a this island has a has a woman and some other people on it and it's very much um the the wild native woman in a mysterious jungle trope um um, mm-hmm. um yeah we don't need a side of colonialism with our no with we, our we really don't um comics so and it ends it ends up like the last scenes where you in the show where you see um, I think it is Tiff and Aaron. Yeah, in the um, 50s. and they're like yeah, and they're like in a cornfield looking thing. Or the so 60s, right? Really. Yeah. They, I think they are not going to do the jungle, and I'm happy about that. Um, I don't know what, because so, okay, we're getting in the weeds here. Um, so so on on that island, that that native woman, she gives birth to the guy who is now the grandfather oh yeah i read um, I, I read about this yeah there, there's, there's two like a, rival tribes and there's yeah like... and the woman's name is like wari um mm-hmm. and so the girls like help her and all that so i i don't know if there i don't i don't know how much they're gonna play with um time in terms of what the girls can affect um yeah because that is it it opens up a can of worms that you cannot you cannot Get do closed. in eight forty minute episodes um, with that with what the type of budget they have um, and I mean it's the type of budget where at very at the very beginning um, like the first thing I I texted the the whole group chat about this uh, and I added Jordan mm-hmm. um, one of our friends but that it looked like a CW show. And then I see Adina Porter, who I've seen on a CW show. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Oh my god. Um, yeah. It's a very... It's very, like, CW, FX kind of... Eh. Yeah. Yeah. The writing the writing definitely surpasses CW, uh, starting the second episode, though, which I, I'm happy about. Because, yeah. yeah, I watched CW for, like... I watched, I watched The 100 for, like, seven years that it ran. Um... Mm. It was more of, after, like, the second season, it was more of obligation, because I'd spent so much time in it, than it had so much potential that I never fulfilled. Uh, um, That's the CW's tagline, so much potential, never fulfilled. So much much potential wasted. (laughs) Um, Alright, do we want to wrap up? uh, Let me just, I'm just checking, double checking my list, um. I only say so much because uh, I have to go. To, I have to get ready for work. 
Okay. If you if you need to go, I can um I can finish up and and all that. Okay. So Liz has uh left. She'll be back for the the outro, which we recorded a little earlier. Um, but I did want to talk about uh old Aaron. I love the way she's written in the show. Um, Ali Wong. I thought I recognized her immediately. I just couldn't place her because I'd only seen her stand up like one of her stand up specials. Um. Which I think is like Cobra Kid or something, um, but she did a great job in it. Um, she, her charisma definitely helps carry the the character. Uh, but there was a lot lot more depth to Old Aaron here rather than the comics, because um, you only see Old Aaron for a little bit in the comics, um, and her death was very impactful here. Um, and also, uh, the robot fight that she dies in, that's, I think, pulled from later in the series than what they're covering now, um, where they do see these robots fighting um, in a different future. Um, so that was, I like that they included it here. That felt like a very natural place to put it. Um, Larry! Larry's also a great addition! He didn't exist. He did not exist in the comics at all. But I love him as a character. He's great. And him and old Aaron fake dating in front of Missy was amazing. Um, the most uncomfortable thing ever. Um, but hilarious at the same time. Um, and let's see. Let's see. What else did I write? Um, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Uh, Oh, for Max. So in in the show, they meant they specifically say she has a brain tumor. Now in the comics, they specify that it's leukemia. Leukemia at this point, there's no known cure, and they state in the comics that there is no cure, uh, even in the future, because she ends up having time travel induced cancer, which is kind of weird, but also helps with her uh, being like kind of metaphoric. Well, not even metaphoric, but just terminal, dealing with terminal illness type thing. Um, but here, the fact that they say a brain tumor and the brother talking about the possibility of curing it, I think that they might, um, they might actually end up curing it, um, within the show's run, giving less of a bittersweet ending, um, because in again in the comics, um, this is later on in the series, so past the issues covered by the show. Um, Mac basically chooses to uh, go back to her time period, uh, even if it means she'll die in four years from the leukemia, um, because she wants to be able to live life even for that short amount of time, which is great for the whole terminal illness thing again, um, but. Uh, I don't, again, it's a very powerful scene. I don't know if they're going to do it here in the show. Um, and so if they aren't, then I think that having her uh, brain tumor cured would be a great way to have a, le- a much less uh, bittersweet ending and more of a hopeful one. Um, also just because, like, you know, let, 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 them, let, let them get together. Let them be together. Um, it's very cute. Um, let's see, what else do I have? Um, 
The I will say the Reagan bits are a bit distracting because the guy really doesn't look like Reagan, um, like at all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it it's it is it is it is what it is. Um, but it I mean it kind of works since it's a dream and you'll like have places you think you recognize but you don't or faces you think are one person but they're not. Um, so that's I mean that's 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 okay. Um. Oh, this scene. This isn't even. This isn't even a um, a a comic specific point. But when Alice saw Mac in the graveyard, that really broke my heart. Honestly, um, just her her thinking that she saw this person who she loved and lost. Um, and then when Mac and KJ run away from her, um. She she chases after and then eventually loses sight of them. So this woman is probably convinced that in her grieving she thought she saw Mac, and that is just fucking depressing as hell. Like it's so sad. Um, but I think it you know I think that's a really good way of showing her caring because that wasn't the again that wasn't the case in um, the comics. Uh, you don't see that at all. Um, and if I, if I recall correctly, you don't even see, uh, you don't see Mac's brother. You, you see, instead of seeing Mac's brother, you see, uh, you see Alice, but she's less, she's not, she's much more jaded and not, uh, what's, what, what's, or no, oh wait, I think I got that out of order. You see Alice went right before Aaron gets shot. But I still believe, from what I remember, which I I looked at this stuff like not that long ago, I should remember it correctly. But you know, we'll see if that's the truth. Um, uh, you don't see uh, Mac's brother at all. Um, the, he's just mentioned, really, because they don't go to another city at that time. Um, and yeah, so I I I like that they they kind of added in um, this this idea that there were people who truly did care for Mac, um, even if she didn't really see it at the time, or understand it, or it wasn't the case at the time. These people have the capability and capacity to um, to truly, truly care for her when she feels like she doesn't, um, she isn't, no one cares, and she just wants to leave the town. Um, so I thought that was a nice addition that they did. Um, oh, uh, I like the, <laughs> I like the, uh, usage of girlfriend, um, and the gay panic that, oh, bug, sorry, there was a fly in my face, um, uh, the usage and gay panic that, uh, KJ experiences when, uh, when it is, uh, Mac's brother's wife, um, uses girlfriend to refer to KJ and Mac as, like, you know, friends who are girls. Um, but immediately, immediately, KJ is like, no, 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 it's fine. We're not, we're not, it's good. Um, I, I just, because <laughs> I know, I, like, I, I, I lurk and sometimes post in, um, many, many LGBT, uh, subreddits and gay subreddits, and that's always, like, one of those things that everyone experiences, 
where somebody will call each other girlfriends, um, or like, uh, or like a straight girl will call another person, like a gay woman, like their girlfriend, and and just the immediate panic, confusion, uh, like disaster that occurs in in your mind when that happens is great. Um, so I like I like that they did that. Um, but, but, but. Yeah, so in my last thing really is just overall um, is the in terms of comic versus the show adaptation, I think that the adaptation is pretty good. Outside of the first, again, the first episode's rough. Um, they try to cover probably four issues in in one episode which is a lot um because a lot happens each issue of the comic um and it's they don't really change as much in that first episode compared to the rest so like they have so much material to cover there um but but i think that the show does a really good um good job it's it's again a lot of plot points are different but at its core, um, it's the same characters. So even if it's a dif- different interpretation of the story, the characters remain the same and are well acted, well written. Um, I think that if you enjoy the characters of the comics, you'll enjoy the show. Um, if you are more into the the plot and, and exploration of that, um, I'd say give it a try. You might not be as into it. But no matter what, just sit through the first episode and then give the second episode a try. And if you don't enjoy it, then that's that's totally fine. Other different strokes for different folks. But don't don't judge it off the first episode, because I have a feeling that people who had no background knowledge of Paper Girls, if they did that and like watch the first episode and judge the series purely based on that, um, I have a feeling that viewership would would be lost and i really hope that it isn't the case because i want this show to get renewed um but yeah so if there's any takeaway really liked it different from the comics give the give it until the end of the second episode um to try to reel you in um and i think that's about it for me i think that's everything um so so that was the Paper Girls on Amazon Prime and also in comic book form. Um, I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to see what season two brings. How much of the adaptation it is, what what it's going to do with the with what we've been given through the comic book. Um, yeah, so that has been clearly a podcast. I've been Liz. Is there anything you want to plug before we go, Jackie? editing jackie here i wanted to apologize for the weird audio quality that happens here um i really don't know what happened while recording but uh it just just uh hope it's hope it's something you can listen to without getting too annoyed um i did want to plug uh r slash paper girls i had made a little post asking people for small details they had noticed um, and so some of the ones we've got, uh, one of them is just somebody, met, uh, under the username Simon, the D-L-G-G-E-R, <laughs> um, talking about, uh, 
Aaron and Max friendship being overlooked, but very, very sweet. Um, I definitely agree with that. I don't, I don't really remember much in terms of the comics with their friendship being developed, but I like, I like their dynamic a lot as well. Um, we have, uh, appropriate underscore view 8753 saying in episode seven, when young Tiff is watching her valedictorian speech before the two Tiffs go for coffee, the older one says, the girl in that video is about to get hit by a Mack truck full of reality. And the next scene in Tiff's apartment is slovenly Russ slouched on the couch with several mustard stains on his shirt. I must say, the cohesiveness of the show is great. I agree. Um, then we also have one from Solian discussing uh, Max's behavior, indicating how she was she grew up in an abusive or negligent household. Um, she they say when she apologized to Aaron for calling her new girl because Aaron raised her voice, the way she covered her ears when Tiff and KJ are yelling, all of this I believe is in the very first episode. Um, and that I I had noticed a little bit, though the the first didn't keep my attention as much as the rest. But those are really good um, um, moments of vulnerability that key us into the fact that there is more to Mac than than what, especially what meets the eye in the first episode. Um, and then we have uh, Chris Chrisa Jiddings, Chrisa Jiddings, um, <laughs> who says uh, they like the little touches, like when feature Aaron gives Aaron a, a DMB, also known as Dave Matthews Band shirt. And they have Dave Matthews playing in the background. Um, and that uh, Tiff from uh, 1999 is drinking Surge uh, when she eyeballs the backpack uh, and the girls t- pass out on her bed. Um, I'm not from the 90s, so I don't really know what that means in terms of like nostalgia. Uh, but you know what? If you liked Surge, there you go. Um, and then this is the last one, uh, Allison B. Bunny. Um, and I, I really like this one that they did. Um, so they said, I think one of my favorite small details from episode one, not sure if anyone else has written this already, but at the end of this episode, when they barge into Aaron's house, uh, I think it's KJ and Tiffany who immediately, despite the traumatic events that have previously taken place, stop and remind each other to take their shoes off. Pretty sure this is taken from the comics. I believe it is as well. Um, but this, det- this detail, along with their stellar performances, encapsulates just how young and innocent they are. When you're that age and enter a friend or stranger's house, of course it's a polite thing to do. Take your shoes off. It was so minor, yet I think an important part of their characters to remind us they are still just 12-year-old girls. Did anyone else notice that or have a different point of view of it? I, I definitely agree with your interpretation of it, um, it emphasizing just how young they are. Um, and how, like, these automatic behaviors we learn when we're young, you wouldn't even think about, and they still do it, despite everything that's going on, and maybe because of everything that's going on, for some sort of normalcy. Um, but I think that was a great, um, detailed, uh, piece that was adapted. I'm pretty, I, I agree, I'm pretty sure that was in the comics, um, but yeah, that was definitely good. Um, and then I think that's, that is it for the Reddit stuff. So we'll go into our standard outro. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, you can listen to more episodes and keep track of us on various platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Deezer, 
And you can also just listen through our direct RSS link, which is rss.com slash queerly. Uh, you can also interact with us as well as find all episodes on our website uh, at www.queerlyapodcast.com. There we also will have um, places where you can just leave comments um, or if you want to suggest a topic that um, that you'd like us to cover, feel free to do that. We also have lists of certain media we recommend or um, a list of future topics that we've kind of wanted to do but haven't found the time quite yet to do. Um, so feel free to look at that if there's one that you want done much more um, quickly than another and you, you want to hear about it, just let us know again in that contact form that we have. Um, and you can actually find us on Twitter as well at queerly underscore podcast. Um, and we will tweet out every time a, an episode is released. So hopefully we'll get back on a normal schedule. But um, if if that doesn't happen for a little bit, that's that as well as um, following us on one of those podcast platforms is the best way to know when we're releasing an episode. Um, and that is it. Um, one the, again, thank you everyone for listening. Um, I hope you all are well, uh, with, and safe, healthy, all of that. Um, I do want to, uh, give a small shout out to an organization in Connecticut where, uh, around my hometown area called, um, it is called CTDR. V, um, and it is basically, if you have a dog that is missing, um, then you can contact them. Um, the full thing is, their full name is, uh, Connecticut, or CT, Dog Gone Recovery Volunteer Network. So that's the full thing. Um, so CTGGRVN. Um, uh, and you can also follow them on Instagram and Facebook. And you contact them if one of your dogs is missing. My neighbor's dog actually had gone missing um, last summer, and so that's how I learned about them. And they will help spread around all of the um, information about the animal. They will, they have very good information in terms of don't chase after a dog, don't call out um, its name, if they're skittish, if they're blah. Um, they have volunteers who will set up traps to safely get the dog um, if they've been spotted in a certain area. Um, they also are able to spread the news to different parts of Connecticut. Um, I don't know of any other organizations, um, similar to that in other states, but I just wanted to shout them out because they do some really, really good work. Um, they've re reunited a lot of people with their pets, including from situations where a car was stolen and their, a pet was in there. Um, and somebody actually, the person who stole the, the car sold the pet for $500 to somebody else, and that person who bought the pet, thinking they were a normal animal, um, who wasn't kidnapped, um, saw the, um, the doggone recovery post and was able to return the dog to the original owners. So, just big shout out to them for doing some great work. Um, and that, and again, uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you, hopefully, within the next two weeks. Bye.